0: Absolutely. And I think the number one thing is, is, is failure, like you are going to fail, you're going to fail over and over again, and you will recover and be fine. And so just the ability to know that, like, things are not going to always go the way that I want them to. Um, you know, I'm not always going to win, I'm not always going to get what I want, I'm not always going to, you know, like, we'll have loss in, in, in life and family and, and everything. And so um, those are real things, right? And, and um, you know, it makes sport almost seem insignificant, in a way. Um, but, um, sport is what gave me those abilities to deal, uh, and to cope. Um, and I think that's,
1: that was former U S women's national team of professional striker, Christy Welsh, talking about turning disappointments into fuel for success. And I'm Julianne Dietz. And I want to welcome you to the She Dreams and Goals podcast, where soccer dreams come alive and goals are just the beginning. This podcast is all about empowering girls to use their passion for soccer as fuel for on-field success and a lifetime of wellness. In each episode, we'll talk to stars from the NWSL, health experts, and performance coaches to unlock their secrets to success and discover what it takes to be the healthiest soccer players and people we can be. In this episode, we are talking to Christy Welsh. Christy Welsh was a goal-scoring machine. As a member of the U.S. Women's National Team, Welsh scored 11 goals in 15 games for the United States, scoring 10 national team goals faster than any other player in United States soccer history and finishing her international career with 39 caps. Not only that, but she played professional soccer in the United States and abroad during one of the most challenging times in modern women's soccer history. As a youth player, Christy was an All-American and a Gatorade National High School Girls Soccer Player of the Year. She won two national titles with her Northport New York club team and went on to attend Penn State University, where she was co-national leading scorer with 27 goals during her freshman year. During her junior year, Christy received the Herman Trophy, soccer's most prestigious award given to the nation's top player. She finished her college career amassing four All-American honors, three consecutive Soccer America Collegiate MVPs, and three Big Ten Player of the Year honors. She is still the Big Ten's leading scorer 20 years later. Welsh ended her collegiate career at Penn State with 82 goals and 52 assists, plus 27 game-winning goals, which are all Big Ten records. That is a lot of goals. After her professional playing career and time with the U.S. women national team, she went on to coach at the collegiate and youth national levels. Throughout this conversation, she shared with us what she learned along the way, advice she has for young, aspiring soccer stars, and how soccer has prepared her for life off the field. We are so grateful to have Christy on our podcast and to call her our friend. It's amazing to say that after all these years, I'm still learning so much from Christy, but don't
2: take my word for it. Elizabeth, what did you think? It's so cool to meet a striker who played with my mom and played for the U.S. national team.
1: All right, so whether you still pack a soccer bag full of shin guards and a ball, or the weekly carpool full of fierce young female soccer players, I hope you'll join us each week to explore how we can achieve our dreams both on and off the field.
2: Elizabeth, kick us off. Welcome to the She Dreams and Goals podcast.
1: Hey, Christy, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate having you on.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: So we like to start with something uh, pretty easy, and I'm just wondering where did it all begin for you? What brought you to soccer when you were a young girl?
0: Well, um, it's it, it was very simple. I have two older brothers, and my parents always put us all in soccer, and so it was just something I did what they did and okay. took to it right away. It was just uh-huh. something I loved immediately. They they said they noted that I I really just loved it right away. So you,
1: yeah. What was kind of like the fun part for you as a youth player?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Just spending time with people. Like for me, it was all about friends and atmosphere. And like, um, I loved going to camps and I know that some players like hated that. It wasn't their <laughs> their favorite thing, yeah. but I loved that part. And I loved going um, where like just 24 seven, that's all that was, you know, that, that mattered. Um, so I never had a problem like leaving home, right? Like it, it wasn't yeah. uh, like a homesick thing. Um, and you know, probably all the antics off the field, like all the fun stuff that you would do with your teammates. And when I look back now, I think I was so lucky to have amazing like club, high school and college experiences, like all of them. And it it all came just back to just being around great people, having fun. And
1: yeah, I think that's really important. So, you know, we had some, some success in high school, but let's talk a little bit about um a little bit about club and a little bit about kind of your experiences as you were kind of finishing your youth experience and going on to college because I would love to hear about that because I don't know as much but so you you played in Northport on the Northport Piranhas in your last couple years and you you just I knew you guys won the national championship once but you just told me that you guys won the national championship Twice. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. I don't know many yeah. other clubs. I mean, I don't know anybody else that's won a national championship, like the proper national championship. Right? There was only one back then. Um, yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: and you, you very guys won. The, now. Yeah, you guys won the proper national championship. What was that like?
0: Yeah. Well. Um, it, at the time, again, I think going back to what you said earlier, like a lot of us, there, were, there weren't expectations. I didn't really know. Maybe, maybe our coaches knew. I don't know. Um, but for us, it was just fun and we were naive and it was just like, but at the same time, super confident. We're like, we're going to win this, right? Like with so my team. And we had, we had such talent. I think like when I think back to my team and when people went off to colleges, I mean, we had people going, I know, um, i went to penn state we had another person that went to penn state a year before me because she was older but had like the late birthday yeah um we had people that went to william and mary um, michigan like and all playing yeah soccer. like really um great schools at the time for soccer now at the same time that your club team was just winning national
1: tournament trophies like it was a casual weekend tournament were you also being pulled up to the youth u.s national team program at what age did that start happening
0: Yeah, so, um, and I'll say one more thing, too, about club. I I wholeheartedly believe that we were very lucky to have the coach, I'll say coaches, because we had, like, a parent coach and um, Sue Ryan, who, like, looking back, I think coached differently at the time and in terms of allowing players to make choices, um, throwing questions back at us versus just giving us answers. Um, And so that was a huge part I think of everyone's development at the time without them really knowing. Um, but yeah, in terms of, uh, national team stuff, I think I got my first call up when I was 16 and had moved to the Piranha and I was, um, uh, I was called into a U20 camp at the age of 16. Oh, wow. And that was my first camp ever. And it was, and I, I went and I did terrible. I got my butt kicked all over the place. Um, but it was the first taste of, there's another level. Yeah, I mean, they were grown, and, they're
1: grown women you were playing against. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it
0: was, it was wild. Um, and so um, I wish I could go back and know like what players at the time were in that camp, because I, I couldn't even tell you, but I'm sure. sure at the time, most of them were in college or about to go into college. Yeah. But that was my first experience. And then after that, I think they had created a U-17 and U-19 level. Um, oh, because
1: they didn't even have it back then.
0: No, actually, at the time, they had a U-18. Okay and a U-20, and they kept those two. So I think that was it. They created a U-18 team. Okay. And they created that right around when I was 17. And we only had a, we had a few events or something okay. like that. Um, but again, going back to like what you said, it was so cool because you, you met people from all over the country, and then you went yeah. to college, and you like, knew all these people and all these teams, which in some ways was a bad thing because you'd go into games, and you'd be like, they're so good.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. You know?
0: Intim- <laughs> like already slightly intimidated. Yeah, so you'd start to get this idea of, the talent that was out there, like, that you had no idea before, because you didn't care. Like, at U16, we're going to the national championship. We had no idea who we were playing. We just played. And then yeah. years later, you're like, oh, wait. I'm now playing against them in college, but I already played them against them in club yeah, and on the national team. Um, I so- mean, there was legit no
1: internet, like – We couldn't like, we couldn't see like the rankings, you know, of teams. I remember saying like our high school team was like fifth in the country, but I don't, we may have even made that up. I don't know. But in regards to club, it's not like, there was no like Instagram, you know, there was no, like you had no idea who you were going up against. And I guess that was a really nice mentality to kind of have like beginner's mind, you know, no fear, just go out there and play. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. So different.
0: I loved it. I loved I love that now like being able to look back. I don't think that um I would have been a player who would have thrived in the internet world. And that's yeah. for sure. Um Yeah, no, I so, think
1: it, it's I think it, it's hard. Honestly, I think it's harder for everyone.
0: Yeah. It's very it's very different and it brings another skill set. <laughs> yeah. to the table that um I definitely didn't have at the time, probably still don't have Yeah. <laughs> in terms of um, social media, internet, public, publicity. Um, I much preferred to just sit in the back and it was weird because, um, or I'll say complex, because I internally wanted to, to be the best, win everything, but also didn't want to be recognized for any of it at the same time. Okay. So it was a very interesting, interesting um, dynamic going on.
1: Why do you think that was?
0: Don't know. Um still somewhat that way, the personality trait. Um okay. just enjoyed doing it and being part of it and and also the you know the uh, idea of succeeding and and winning and being the best. I love that, but at the same time, um just wanted to be part of part of everything else, like the normal Yeah, you part know. of
1: the part of the team. Definitely. Yeah. I do know like sometimes there's like I do remember you being an incredible competitor um, and being so grateful because I thought you even brought that out in me a little bit when we played together because um, I'm not naturally or I I have to get into competitive mode, I think, a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I think seeing you and seeing you go out there and play at 100% um, in the games, like, you know, brought that out in me as like, okay, this is my teammate and this is what we're doing together. Um. So I think that that's really cool. But I think with that comes and with being so good comes sometimes a lot of pressure. And if that's not something you feel comfortable, um, you know, kind of being in the face or have people having opinions or people like expecting a lot out of you, that can be really challenging too.
0: Yeah. And I think um, once I was on the field, I had no problem with any pressure related to the game, right? Like to me, that was great and wonderful. And I invited it. Um, but in terms of the external stuff, absolutely. Um, didn't want a part of it. Didn't want to really like engage. Um, just wanted to just wanted to play.
1: Yeah, and hopefully like the goal is that we don't have to deal with that, but sometimes we have to and just trying to figure out navigating like hey, you needed, you know, to be separated from that and not having to deal with an internet really helped you with that. And so I guess young players now that are playing and maybe there's, you know, more ways to kind of people to publicize what's going on, it's a good idea to make sure that you step away from it and give yourself space and understand that it's not really something that um, is really important. It's more important how you feel about yourself than what other people's opinions are.
0: It's very fleeting, right? It's very in the moment, just for the second. Um, And so, you know, I'm sure you've come across this too, like, we as humans only feel emotions for I think it's ninety seconds. And then our body recreates or our brain actually recreates those feelings through stories over and over and over again, what we tell ourselves. So yeah. I think it's fascinating, um, you know, in terms of how you think and how you believe, you know, things are and how much that impacts you, right? And so I, I would say that like, you know, going and this would be my advice to my daughter is you know again those moments are fleeting like you said and it's all it's really important to just who's your tribe who are your people who do you want to be around who supports you who brings you up who who do you want to support who do you want to be there for because um, those are the those are the things that don't go away right and yeah. all the other things they're fleeting they're temporary they're they're going to uh, but but they're impactful
1: you yeah. know
0: they make a big statement in our lives as well yeah
1: yeah it's so true we it's recognizing that it's okay to be impacted by things outside of our you know outside of our control but also that we can only control the things that we can control and that's you know our own mentality and the people that we have around us in our lives and I think that's really important um, along that same thread you mentioned how um, your first time when you were 16 going to the u20 camp and how it was a challenge for you and how you were like, probably that was the first time where you were on a field where you felt kind of overmatched because you just didn't have the maturity as a player yet. I would guess. How did you kind of overcome that? Because you went on to, you know, play right for the full national team for a while. You know, I, I was looking up some of your stats. It says that you scored like you were the fastest player ever to 10 goals for the U.S. women's national team.
0: Yeah. I was lucky, I had a lot of success early on. Um, and it, p- part of that was going back to the, the, the naivety and not knowing. Uh, but I think what I took away um, from that experience were where there were parts of my game that I could control that I wasn't giving any attention to, you know, my mentality, my preparation, my, um, you know, my training, um, and my effort at those trainings, um, and then beyond, right, like the ability to do more by yourself. Um, and so those were the things. Um, and a lot of that, believe me, it was a, a lot of push and pull and battling a little bit with, um, you know, my, my club coach was amazing in that process, um, just being like, there's more and you can do more. It's your choice, you know, and if you if you want help, we're all here. But if you don't want to do it, great, like, you know, so kind of some of that and then figuring out, okay, do I want to do this? Great. Like, well, there's absolutely some things that I can control here. And of course, right, like the the level of play is is going to be more challenging at those, um, you know, at the higher levels. But there are things you can do to prepare yourself to at least feel confident and close um, in that environment. So
1: yeah, well, it sounds like you took the experience and kind of came home and made some decisions about. You know what you wanted to be as a player and where you kind of wanted to go and then you were able to work with your coach and really funnel that energy into kind of your effort and having a really successful um career as a soccer player
0: yeah and it took a while right i had probably like a two-year process of really you know figuring things out and even then i you know i went i know that i went on into college and it was still much more to do um because the reality is kind of like the sky's the limit, right? Like there's always, there's always more that you can do, um, but it's also about um, where you are and what fits and what makes sense. And um, so there's a lot of balancing and figuring a lot of that out through a, a good time period, a good yeah. couple of years at least.
1: <laughs> so what was your college um, college experience like? I know you went to Penn State. <laughs> Um, you can tell that you um, are a big Penn State fan so it must have been a great experience yes, I loved it
0: loved it <laughs> um and and I had um what was important to me eventually is I had a lot of fun outside of soccer and met met like a network um and I think that was really helpful because it can be very um I don't want to say isolating because you, you have a team you, you know we had a team of 30 plus players right oh, wow, at any yeah. given point um so um, you know, you have that network, but I think at times too, it's, it's great to break away. And, um, but Penn State as a whole, absolutely loved it. Love my experience. And I would say that that same feeling that you had going into high school of being super welcomed by the older players and feeling like you were immediately a part of it was absolutely the experience that I had. Um, I know that like, I can still look back and I know my first year was my, by far my favorite year um playing and I think it had a lot to do with that um I played right next to a a senior captain who was actually a fifth year senior captain right so she was
1: oh yeah um
0: so mature and she was just tremendous and she had some youth national team experience she was very talented um but she was so gracious and so generous and so um like such the the team player um so it was like the, the most perfect um partnership to kind of be around and and um and then there was a a player that was a year older than me that we were probably very similar in like playing style and um personality like just low key and um and she also a lot of times we played in the front three um so it was fun and we were like the same size and like so she our our teammate called us the fifth year senior called us her viking twins (laughs) i love Um, that (laughs) It was really funny, and so like there would be like jokes in the media about that stuff, and like that's the okay. stuff that was fun and cool, and like you know,
1: yeah, that is um, really cool.
0: That's so really cool. I, I would say that was like the transition was easy in okay. in a way, and I loved it, and I uh, you know I loved competing, and we were we we, gosh, we um. You guys did really well, right? Yeah, we went we went to two final fours my first year and my last year, um, and we won the Big Ten, conference championship like the, the regular season championship. So we'd have a regular season championship and a conference tournament, but we won the regular season every year and the conference tournament twice. But the two that we won the conference tournament were not the years that we won and went on to the final four. So okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah.
1: but <laughs> it's it like was like some, of... it was some version of like success every season. Yeah. It was just a different mix of it.
0: Like the transition was so easy. It sounds like you guys were so... a real family. We were, we were, and I think um, it got a little different for me as, as time went on because I started playing with the full national team and I was mm-hmm. removed from my team a lot. Yeah. Um, I withdrew the spring of my freshman year. I withdrew um, later, like near my senior year, and so I didn't have that same um, closeness, I think. Which, yeah, it's harder. Yeah, um, yeah impacted you know, my relationships with my teammates, it, not in a bad way, but it just wasn't as strong. I mm-hmm. think it, it could have been. Um, uh, but, but so I always, you know, relish in that first, uh, first year or two. Um, and then things kind of changed just, I think, because of the the changes that I was going through at the time too.
1: I'm trying to remember like the timeline. So you went on to play after, did you finish at, at Penn state? You did You do did four years
0: there or? Yeah. Yeah, I okay. did. I did four years. Um, but the spring of my freshman year I withdrew and I was in residency with the national team for the 2000 mm-hmm. Sydney Olympics. Um, I did that again in 2004. Um, and so that delayed by my graduation. So I, I went back in 2005 to, to finish a semester and then, and then graduate, um, from, um, from Penn state. So it was like, it's almost like from like fall of 99 to 2006 is like, part of my life that I was in and out and, and at Penn State not there and in there uh, but I played um, the four years in a row like 99, 2000, 2001, gotcha. 2002 gotcha. and then it was just like a lot of <laughs> figuring, figuring school and, out training. Yeah I mean now, you know, now that it'd night. be so
1: much easier with online classes and everything.
0: Oh my yeah. goodness it's <laughs> unbelievable they had one online class towards the end and I, I think I did it it was like an English class or something yeah. and um Oh gosh, it would have been so different. Um, yeah, but probably not even in a good way. I, I think at the time yeah, it's it was like cool it was, that you got to good. go back
1: and have the yeah. yeah, the actual proper Penn State experience, definitely. Yeah. Um, and so after you graduated, you played professionally um,
0: for a long time. Yeah it it was tough though because we had um, the WSA.
1: Yeah, um,
0: I went straight in to play with the New York Power in two thousand three, um, but then the league folded. Yeah, um, and then I was again back and forth with national team finishing up at Penn state. And then I went over um, to Sweden in 2004 um, and played for a few months after that was after getting cut from the Sydney Olympics. So I was in residency, didn't make the final team. It was like so devastated, not yeah. sure what to do. And I get this, you know, my coach got a call from Pia Sundagi, who at the time was just a coach in Sweden. And, um, she eventually went on to coach our national team, but she I went over and played for her club in um, in Sweden. Had a wonderful time, planned on going back, but then I got an offer to go to play in France and Lyon in 2005. So I went there for about six months. Um, and then things picked up with the national team. And then um, we still had no pro league at the time. Um, and so then in, in like 2007, 8, uh, I was out of the national team. And w- the W league was just really yeah. like all we mm-hmm. had. Do you remember that? So yeah. Um, I was playing with the Washington Freedom during that time, which had continued a a really good program from the WSA. Um, So I was based out of D.C. and and doing that. And then the uh, WPS came back. That was the new integration. So the WPS in 2009, I played in L.A. um, And then I was in St. Louis. And then I finished up with the Freedom. Yeah, I think it was all of the WPS at the time. So two thousand and eleven would have been I think when I finished
1: I mean, and I was thirty
0: and I was like, I'm done
1: that's a lot. I mean, Christy, that's a lot because a not only yeah. not only, but also not only was your college career right? National team, college, national team college, and then your professional career not because due to anything about you, but just we were in this weird, difficult stage with women's soccer mm-hmm. where I mean I remember it. I remember people saying like, oh, are you going to, you know, I wasn't someone that would have been picked up, but maybe could have tried out. And I was like, I don't even know if there's a league going to be a league. You know, it was (laughs) like, I don't really know that that's something that like people can do. Right. I mean, I knew that someone like you, you had a level player, like you'd find somewhere to play wherever it was, but it was a tough time and and that's exhausting. How did you like get through that kind of, Time where we're yeah. kind of fluctuating all over the place.
0: Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I absolutely love having the experience I had in hindsight now. But I, I would have loved the ability to have a league here in the U.S., play yeah. here, to be home. Um, but I'm grateful for the fact that um, you know it was like my love of game pulled me away from everything here because I was like, I want to play, I wanted, I, I have to. And and that at the time those were the only choices, right? I mean, there were multiple choices, but the choice was leave the u.s or don't play right yeah so um it's a it's a so big
1: I, yeah that's a big choice i mean that's a big choice and to yeah. do that while like through disappointments like through the olympic disappointment and then also like when you started there was a league and then to have that yeah. kind of be taken away or to to fold what for whatever reasons like it takes a lot of mentality and strength of character and really being passionate for what you're doing to be able to keep going.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that, um, you know, the the love of playing kept me going through a lot of that. Um, but, but gosh, yeah, I remember flying over to Sweden and, and being like, what, what did I do? Like spending mm-hmm. the first two nights being like, what did I do? And I had been put in a, um, the, the the people that owned the team also owned properties and it was a, it was a um, small town in Sweden and they had a university and they stuck me in this three bedroom apartment with two just regular students that were attending oh, no. the university. They, weren't, turned out to they be,
1: weren't players.
0: They weren't soccer players. They didn't understand why I was there. It was the most bizarre <laughs> trying to like, but we ended up being the best of friends. Right. So that was like actually a great oh, that's um, turn cool. of events for me. Yeah. Um, and then They're I had nothing right, yeah, and I introduced them to to my to the soccer and they would come and watch and it was fun and in a very bizarre way how it all transpired but um uh yeah and then and then France was a, an entirely different experience because I think that they um, at, what's funny now is in hindsight, I can look back and it was like they wanted to the the club at the time wanted to show that we care about women, so let's mm-hmm. make this team and like or or now, they already had the team, but we let's bring some Americans over and bring some people from other places and make this like the powerhouse team. And they, they weren't treated very well. no. <laughs> oh, the team no. was not treated very well. Um, and so I, I we lived in a hotel for six months. Um, oh, wow. So I lived in a hotel room for six months. But I was in the same hotel as four of my American teammates, Allie Wagner, Hope Solo, Danielle Slayton, and Lori Fair. Um, and, and there was another girl, I cannot remember her name, but I didn't know her before going. Um, uh, and, and gosh, that was a very bizarre experience, yeah. but, um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of, um, I think it, it, in a way it's, it's like, it's almost like now in life too, when the, when the things come up, it's just like, Oh, well, I've now I've, I've done hard things in the past, right? So yeah. It's like,
1: I was going to ask you <laughs> Just that. another day. Yeah. So like, <laughs> You know, I feel like a lot of the um, the things I've learned, I learned in life, and even though I didn't play as long as you did, I feel like I kind of learned early from playing competitive soccer, right? Like how to have bosses, is like having a coach or a manager, right? How to deal yeah. with how to motivate people when you're a captain or how to deal with difficult teammates and how to deal with people that have the hard things happen in their lives and then you're and they're on your team and how to comfort them and, and get them through. Um, what would you say are some of the things that you learned along the way, whether playing or you went on to coach, right, at the college
0: level? Yeah. Um, um yeah, absolutely. Like I go back to like a lot of those like I was a so I'd say wild aggressive competitor but like as a human I'm completely opposite in mm-hmm. terms of like just calm and really not that competitive and mm-hmm. could care less about like winning now so it's very interesting uh, to me. Um, but I think because what I I took away from all of it is you know everything's about the relationships everything's about the people you meet everything's about the experience you make Um, You learn from, you know, missed opportunities and I mean, missed opportunities of like anything like losing or just friendships or um, but but absolutely, I think my ability to just pick up and go somewhere um, very much came from that and I needed it for a good part of my life. And now I've been so stable for gosh, five or six years now. That I'm like I can't imagine just picking up and yeah
1: yeah you've adjusted somewhere. to this new norm yeah. of consistency even though you didn't really yeah. have it from you know okay. 18 to 30 I guess so
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's yeah but be- that's great it gives you strength definitely
0: yeah and then being in the in the corporate world to me is easy and I I'm baffled by people who think it's hard mm-hmm. um, I started working at a startup five years ago uh, well four years ago you know, startups are all about change and things happen rapidly and, and I loved it. And I think that sports prepared me for that. And yeah. I know I was around a lot of coworkers that that couldn't deal with change. It was like, even if yeah. they just changed one thing and I was just like, who cares? Like, we're good. Let's go. And so I think that's helped me um, a lot in my career of just, you know, kind of just moving with the change. and Yeah. And going adjusting.
1: with the flow. I mean, flexibility, um, you know, I think our society had a real wake up call with flexibility after COVID, right? Like having yeah. to be able to, and as someone who works with children and teens now, it's like if we can teach them one thing, it's like how to be flexible. We have a lot of things that we don't have control of in our life, but we do have control over kind of like, maybe not our initial reaction, but like what we do with that reaction. And sport is something that really teaches us how to deal with the things that, you know, we can't control and how to then lean into the things that we can control in a safe kind of way and not being totally overwhelmed. So it sounds like it's really helped you out in kind of your next phase of your life.
0: Absolutely. And I think the number one thing is, is, is failure. Like you are going to fail, you're going to fail over and over again. And you will recover and be fine. And so just the ability to know that like things are not going to always go the way that I want them to, Um, you know, I'm not always going to win. I'm not always going to get what I want. I'm not always going to, you know, like we'll have loss in in, in life and family and and everything. And so um, those are real things. Right. And, and um, you know, it makes sport almost seem insignificant in a way. Um, But um, sport is what gave me those abilities to deal uh, and to cope. Um, And I think that's, you know we're very much in a instant gratification society. Um, people have lost the inability to cope and to deal with things because it's like oh, I'll just move on to the next thing that will distract yeah. me right and so it's a it's a really hard thing and I think to be able to sit with your feelings and sit with your emotion um, those those are really important.
1: Thank you for that perspective, Christy. It really helps to hear from someone who has had incredible success on the field as well as some serious disappointments that we're all going to be okay, that failure is part of our journey and will ultimately help us be successful and really more satisfied with our lives. You've been so incredible, but before we let you go, I have one fun question. Um, I'm sure Elizabeth has been patiently waiting with questions for you, and we also have two questions from a youth player actually from our old club back in Northport, Long Island. Elizabeth has a question, but before she starts, this is my question. You were number 13, right? I realized this the other yes. day when I looked at your email.
0: Okay. Why were you number 13? Do you know? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, when I was um, five years old, my father okay. went to sign me up for what he thought was a girls' baseball team. It was called Little Miss Little League, and it was a oh beauty I know. pageant I know in that. town. Yeah. And so um, it was on the night of my sixth birthday and they plastered a number 13 on me because everyone had numbers. And my grandmother looked at me and said, oh, that's so unlucky. And I won this local... I've seen a bold. picture, Christy. Beauty pageant, right? Um, but I, I was convinced that thirteen was the greatest number ever since then. So, any chance that I've had in my life or career to have that number around me or wearing it, I've, I've done it. But now, you know, I've been on a lot of teams where that wasn't an option. But yeah, but that's okay. So that's that's my number because For that reason is, a very simple, bizarre to, reason
1: because <laughs> I, I had this moment. So Elizabeth was um, number three last year, which was my lucky number. Because I think it was my dad's lucky number. I don't know. I think that's where that comes from. But this year, she, she switched over to play for the Racing Academy uh, club team. And yeah. uh, she's like, they're like, oh, pick your number. And she's like, is 13 available? And I'm like, you're dropping yes. my number for Alex Morgan's number? I always and then I was, right. I was like, wait. Christy was 13 before 13 was like a thing. I'm like, I gotta get to the story of 13. So she, now she's number 13.
2: Yeah, I always wanted to be 13, but like this year is the first person to get the thing to sign up. So I had all the numbers. She's super excited. Last year I'm was, pumped for you. Two years ago, I was the only person who knew person, so I didn't really get a big choice. Yeah, so tell Christy yeah. what
1: position you it's play. Hard.
2: I play striker. Oh. Uh.
1: Fantastic. Must be a striker kind of number. Yeah. <laughs> thing. Okay. Do you have some questions for Christina? Yeah, I
2: have three. Oh, you have three. This is the best okay. she's ever had. So go for okay, it. Okay. So my first question is: Have you ever played any other position besides striker? Yes, I,
0: I have. Um, when I was real little, I would play half the field in goal and half the field as a forward. Or. Really offense because I don't know if you really had forward positions, um, but I loved goalkeeper, and I'm very grateful later in life that I didn't continue to play because that's hard. Yeah, that's a hard position. Um, but then once I was older too, like with my club team in Northport, my coach sometimes put me in uh, um, midfield or even de- defense because I, I didn't defend very well, and so she wanted to teach me that you had to. So um, there were many times that I had that opportunity um, and I actually really enjoyed, I think high school, I played a little midfield. I would ask to play other positions and I loved I, it.
1: I do remember <laughs> you having um, a stint in midfield though. I always liked having you. Well, I'll say I liked having you in midfield cause it was nice to get like good passes. Cause I usually, at least at the end of my high school career, I usually played up up top. I don't remember how many we played, but it was also really nice to have you up there cause um, it's nice to have another fast person and you were even faster yeah. than I was. So it was like nice to have like two fast people so that when you like get down there, you have somebody to like cross it to. Yeah. I think I even got more assists than I got goals. They were probably all of your goals. that I got assists <laughs> on.
0: Just it was it it up. my way of, yeah, passing what? it up
1: to you so you could run onto it.
0: That's... That's a majority of my goals were that way, just running onto things, but, but it was my way of, um. I knew that I needed to get fitter, so I, I, I knew if I asked to play midfield, I would be responsible for running more, <laughs> so Yeah, that was why. There you go.
2: It's funny, because two years ago, I had to play striker and goalie, too. Look at that. Yeah.
0: And Did you so, like goalkeeper? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. It's tough.
2: So, my other question is, um, what do you think the hardest part about being a striker was?
0: Mm, mm. Um, I think it was the hardest part, but also the best part. I think as a striker, you feel this responsibility to score goals. And you shouldn't always, right? There's very, there's a lot of other aspects of the game that are very important. Um, you know, all the things you do off the ball, um, because that can cause a lot, right? Um, your your ability to create, and but I always felt it was my responsibility to score goals. And so um, that was, you know. It could be thought of as a lot of pressure, but um I loved that part.
2: Okay. And my last question is being fast, did you feel like you had any other like bigger expectations or
1: to what, like get to the ball yeah. to, to win it?
0: I think um I think there was like an expectation that I would, right? So so then it was really hard if I came across somebody who was also really fast, um, which would happen as I got older. There were a lot of defenders um that were very very fast. I remember the first time I ever played about against um at the time she was Kate Sobrero and then she became kate Marcraft and I was like there's no way I can run as fast as her um and so you you have to learn to there are other aspects of, right of creativity of of using your brain of um so um so yeah so i I think um It was kind of a feeling of like, I loved it as a tool that, that, or a skill that um, I could use pretty often, but also as I got older, I learned that, um, and fast today, you know, the players today, I think are at a whole nother level. I don't think I'd be as fast as, as some of the players today. That's for sure. Like Sophia Smith or um, Trinity Rodman. I think they're, they're another level fast. (laughs) that's for sure
1: yeah yeah so using like creativity and moving off the ball and anticipating and stuff like that is really really helpful right yeah yeah okay cool um do you have a favorite goal that you ever score
0: Hmm. very bizarre one um we were my freshman year we were down at the university of north carolina and we played them in a game and um there was, like, a mishap at midfield, and their goalkeeper was out really far, and this is kind of like Carly Lloyd's goal in the um, mm-hmm. World Cup against Japan, where she scored from, like, midfield. Yeah, I had a goal that was, was just like that against the University of North Carolina, um, and we, we actually won that game 3-2, and it was one of the first times that UNC had lost on their home field yeah. in, like, Back ever. Yeah, Yeah, they never lost. Yeah. Um, So that was like one of my most favorite games and one of my most favorite goals. I I feel like that I can remember. And I'll be honest, a lot of the other ones I don't remember a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They just, they just disappear, but that was a fun one.
1: Okay. So now we have a question from a Northport club player.
0: Hi, Christy. My name is Grace Williams. I am 11 years old and I love playing soccer. I have two questions for you. My first question is how was EJ's coaching style when you played for the piranhas? I I would say that EJ was tough but tough in a good way like um but also like super nurturing and loving so it was like she would give you that tough love of like um you know if you complained about something it was like you know hey come on get it done like it's insignificant right If if it was um but but then if there was something like you know an injury or something that was really like um you know important it was she was the first one there to give you the, like the good love and, and take care of you and um oh my goodness like um from a personal standpoint she she drove, <laughs> she drove me to a lot of events uh, my parents couldn't go to a lot of stuff i had three brothers at home yeah. right and and she um she had no problem filling up her car and taking people everywhere um but i always appreciated uh, her ability to to really give that tough love of like when you need it but also like take care of you when it was it was a hard time it was like the perfect balance Yes, I, okay. I think so, and that was wonderful for me at the time, for sure, yeah, okay. This is the second question. question is what made you choose to play for Penn State over other schools? Oh, yep, um I love that question and and at the time, I remember it was it was really hard because I felt like i had i felt like in my own brain, I had two choices it was like go to the premier soccer school or go to the underdog um and my in my mind, I I just loved all the people that I had met at Penn state. Um, And I loved the coaching staff. And I was, I was convinced that like the underdog route was for me. And, um, and so that was simply it. I just decided I wanted to go somewhere that wasn't already known as like, I mean, they were doing great at the time and they were just coming onto the scene, but they were only in their fourth year as a program when I was making that decision. I, I didn't realize that. Yeah. And, and that, Goodness, that year that I was, so it would have been fall of 98, they beat UVA um, in a very big game. Um, They had a few other really good wins and they made it into pretty far into the NCAA tournament. Um, And they won the Big Ten tournament and um, all of that was happening while I was making the decision, but those Mm -hmm. were all like real big firsts for them. And, and so when my freshman year was our fifth year as a program, a program. Okay. So that's a, that's a young program at the time, right? Yeah. Like in the big, Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. So uh, I think I was told this cause I, I obviously coached collegiately and then I coached a lot of youth players making decisions about colleges. I think there are a lot of places people can be and they can be happy. Mm-hmm. Um. So sometimes it's, it's not a, it's not a bad thing to have options, right but um there's so many factors that you have to take into account, um many of which are really important, you know your distance from your family, the financials of your family, you have to have real conversations with your parents um the um, the level, the atmosphere the coaching staff and and those things can change and um the school and and what they offer academically and the possibilities of degrees like there's so many areas. Um, but anyway, at, at the end, I just felt like uh, those things were all there for me at at Penn State. So that's how I made my decision.
1: Yeah, it's it's a difficult decision. But I think if you also have that mentality about flexibility and knowing and trusting yourself that you're going to be OK, right? That any decision you make, you know, you can have the flexibility to like things might change. Coaches can change. Players can change. Mm-hmm. Programs can change. But you're going to be OK if you, you know. Just believe in yourself and have resources. Yeah.
0: So. I mean, every, every school I looked at, with the exception of North Carolina, every school I looked at, their coaching staff changed in my mm. time during college. Um, so that's a big deal.
1: Yeah, that is a big deal. Yeah. So. Okay, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. So our last question we always ask is, if you could have given advice to your younger self, what would it be?
0: Don't take things so seriously.
1: Okay, good advice. I love that. Yeah.
0: Every it, it's all gonna be okay. Relax. I would get I I had a I would get frustrated a lot, you know, and um angry about certain things. And it's just like it's okay. Everything's gonna be all right. Take a second.
1: <laughs> that is great advice. I love that. Thank yeah. you so much, Christy. I really appreciate your time and it's been so good catching up with you.
0: Thank you, Elizabeth. Bye. It's great to see you, Julie.
1: All right, thank you all so much for listening. And remember, if you'd like what you heard, please follow us, which you can do by visiting Shedreamsandgoals.com, follow us on Instagram at SheDreamsAndGoals. Goals, and most importantly, share our podcast with family, friends, and teammates. And until next time, keep playing and keep dreaming. This podcast was prepared by duly authorized members of She Dreams and Goals LLC. She Dreams and Goals LLC does not accept liability for any opinions or information of any kind expressed by its guests and hereby makes clear that those opinions do not represent the opinions and or recommendations of She Dreams and Goals LLC or its members. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not constitute any form of professional advice. Listeners of this podcast should conduct their own extensive research before making any decisions in connection with topics discussed in this podcast. She Dreams and Goals LLC is committed to providing content that is safe and appropriate for all ages. However, legal guardians are ultimately responsible for supervising access by any minor under their care to content produced by She Dreams and Goals LLC. She Dreams and Goals LLC does not make any warranty or representation as to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in this podcast. To the fullest extent permitted by law, She Dreams and Goals LLC shall not incur any liability in connection with this podcast. This podcast may not be copied, published, reproduced, or redistributed in whole or part without the written permission of a duly authorized member of She Dreams and Goals LLC. For further information, please visit www.shedreamsandgoals.com.